Hi, Tim Roy. We continue to mock the uh, 2012 NBA draft and here at Warriors.com. Let's run down the selections so far. The New Orleans Hornets let off our mock draft, and no surprise there. Hornets broadcaster Sean Kelly taking Anthony Davis, the power forward from Kentucky. That went to pick number two, the Charlotte Bobcats, and Rick Bunnell of the Charlotte Observer selected Thomas Robinson, the forward from Kansas out of Washington, D.C. And that went to to the Washington Wizards, who picked a third, and Mike Wise, Washington Post columnist and talk show host, he selected a Michael Kidd Gilchrist, also of Kentucky, with the third overall selection. At number four, the Cleveland Cavaliers took Harrison Barnes, a small forward out of North Carolina, Jason Lloyd of the Akron Beacon Journal, making the selection there. And with the fifth pick of the draft, the Sacramento Kings took Bradley Beal, the guard from Florida, NBA.com columnist to Scott Howard Cooper did the honors for the Kings. That brings us to the number six pick of the NBA draft. That belongs to the Portland Trailblazers. And to help us with that selection, Brian Wheeler, the voice of the Trailblazers on the line. And uh, Brian, first of all, uh, the Trailblazers have a new general manager, but the previous one did a very nice deal with New Jersey, which is why uh, the Trailblazers are picking number six. Yeah, and uh, I'd like to start this draft over, Tim, because uh, three of the guys that I think the Blazers would love to see uh, be available at six uh, are not. So, uh, so I, I think they they would they would prefer that some different selections be made by the guys to this point. But uh, but actually, some very solid picks by the uh, first five folks representing the uh, NBA teams uh, that uh, you assign them to. So uh, I know the uh, the Blazers are going to be in an interesting position here. Uh, they've already discussed the possibility of maybe uh, packaging the uh, pick that, as you say, they got from New Jersey, which ends up being this one, and the one that uh, is their own lottery pick at number 11, and seeing if they can uh, do something by maybe moving up a little closer to uh, the top of the draft to maybe be able to draft somebody that they are a little more excited about. But if they end up staying at six, I think there's still going to be some good people available for them. Brian, talk about the the new general manager on the job for the Trailblazers and and how important was it to get that completed before the draft? Yeah, Neil O'Shea, of course, who uh, did a very nice job in in, uh, helping to uh, resurrect the Clippers franchise. Uh, Paul certainly had a lot to do with that as well, but he was uh, the guy that helped engineer that deal and a few others to to fill out the roster and uh, help the Clippers to their best season in a long time. For doing so, he was... uh, uh, third in the uh, balloting uh, with his peers uh, doing the voting for the NBA Executive of the Year. So a lot of people recognize the job that he did. Uh, but uh, he was a free agent, and uh, the Blazers uh, came to him with a little better uh, long-term offer that uh, he decided to accept. So Chad Buchanan had been the acting general manager for the Blazers and uh, now goes back into uh, the scouting role that uh, he had fulfilled uh, uh, previous to that responsibility. But he was the one that helped engineer the trade on uh, the trade deadline day, uh, right uh, around February of last season, that allowed the Blazers to get Gerald Wallace to New Jersey uh, in exchange for the protected first-round pick. And if it had fallen in the top three, the New Jersey would have kept it. But since it fell outside the top three, the Blazers uh, get it. So, uh, so they're only too happy to have two lottery picks to operate from. And uh, I think if they end up picking at number six, uh, even though I think they would be interested in Robinson, Gilchrist, or Beal, uh, with those guys off the board in, in the mock draft that uh, you're conducting, then they're definitely going to have to go in a different direction. Brian, what are the needs of the Trailblazers right now? Without question, uh, they, they have to take a look at uh, the two probably most important positions for any uh, 
basketball club, excuse me, that being a point guard and center. And uh, the question will be, can they fill those needs in the draft? Or uh, will they potentially have to look at uh, free agency or trades? And they're going to have those options available, too. They uh, are going to have a significant amount of salary cap uh, money uh, available to them. And uh, I think they also feel that uh, they have some pieces that they can, uh, they can potentially use in, uh, in trades. They will have a decision to make about restricted free agent uh, uh, Nicola Batum, who figures to draw some interest from uh, some NBA clubs. And depending on uh, how high that interest would be uh, in terms of uh, number of teams and in terms of what they're willing to offer, that may dictate uh, whether the Blazers want to match the offer, but they'll have the ability to do so. Uh, so I think they, uh, they're going to have a lot of options available to them. And we have to also uh, note that they still have not made a firm decision on who uh, the next head coach of the club is going to be. So I think they felt the general manager situation needed to be solidified first. Now that that has uh, been done, then I think they uh, they feel everything else will fall in line uh, from here on out to kind of uh, put this roster together to hopefully be uh, competitive again next season. Any truth to the uh, rumors that uh, Brandon Roy is going to try a comeback? You know, there seem to be some folks who believe that. Uh, obviously, with the Blazers using the amnesty clause on him, he can't come back to the Blazers until uh, his deal that that basically was eliminated would be uh, up, and that's not for a few years. So if he's going to make a comeback uh, in uh, this next season, it would have to be for another club. But uh, there are some people that feel that uh, he's looking into some options to try to see if he can get his uh, his knees uh, healthier and maybe be able to uh, better withstand the rigors of, a, of an NBA season. I think that will be the true test. And uh, I'm sure for a guy like Brandon that played the game at a very high level, uh, it's probably very difficult to uh, to uh, wrap yourself around the thought that at uh, you know at the age that he is still in his 20s that his NBA career is over, especially if maybe medically there's something that can be done. But uh, uh, I would not be surprised at this point from all the whispers that that I've heard if it, maybe he will uh, take us take a stab at uh, trying to make a comeback, and and there probably will be some teams that would be willing to give him a role, maybe even you know a reduced role than what he was used to, but. Uh, a reduced role for Brandon Roy uh, probably is still better than, than a lot of guys uh, coming off the bench for some NBA teams. No doubt about that. And, and uh, Brian, you mentioned the coaching search, and I saw that on uh, some uh, CSN Northwest that they were saying that Caleb Canales is uh, maybe the favorite for that job. Do you think he'll be back? You know, it's a, it's a great story, obviously, what happened to Caleb, uh, stepping in when Nate McMillan got, got fired on that same trade deadline day that, uh, that Chad Buchanan made the deal that got the Blazers uh, now this second lottery pick. Uh, at that point in time, Caleb became uh, the youngest head coach in the NBA. He uh, became the first uh, Mexican-American to uh, be an NBA head coach. and It just seemed like it was going to be a good story at the time, but uh, I, I confess that I did not seriously think that maybe he would be the uh, full-time head coach uh, beginning this season, but uh, Neil O'Shea, who has known Caleb a long time, they have the same uh, agent, Warren Legary, and uh, they kind of have similar stories, kind of moving their way up through the ranks as uh, guys that had uh, uh, very different jobs than the ones that they have even today. I think Neil uh, has a great camaraderie with Caleb, and, and he came right out without even being uh, asked about it and said that uh, Caleb had set the bar very high and that he felt he was the leader in the clubhouse uh, in terms of who uh, could be the next head coach of the Blazers. So unless Neil was just being very kind to a friend, uh, it sure sounded like he's been very impressed by 
what Caleb was able to do in a short time as the, the Blazers' interim head coach. And uh, so I, I guess it is very possible that he might keep the job full-time. Uh, Dale also said, though, the team will do its uh, due diligence and talk to other people. And so, um, so I guess that remains to be seen. He also seemed to feel that the draft is taking a greater priority right now and that if uh, the Blazers don't have a head coach by the time the draft rolls around, that that would not necessarily be a bad thing. Um, so I don't think uh, it's anything they're going to rush into, but it sure seems like Caleb will get uh, primetime consideration to, to keep the job that uh, he had at the end of last season. So, Brian, if the uh, NBA draft ends up the way our mock draft has gone so far, with these guys taking off the board in the first five picks, and again, quickly, Anthony Davis of Kentucky, Thomas Robinson, Michael Kidd Gilchrist of Kentucky, Harrison Barnes of North Carolina, and Bradley Beal of Florida, all off the board at this point, and the Trailblazers go to the podium, and David Stern says, with the sixth pick of the 2012 NBA draft, the Portland Trailblazers select... I think uh, we, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go with a little bit of a surprise. I think for some people, there are some folks who don't necessarily believe that uh, this young man maybe deserves to go this high, but uh, all reports are that he had a terrific uh, pre-draft uh, camp in Chicago, and he definitely would uh, fill a need for the Blazers, one of the ones we talked about. Uh, so I'm going to say that they're going to go with uh, Damon Lillard of uh, Weber State and uh, try to address the, uh, the point guard position. So Damian Lillard out of Weber State, of course, we know him from Oakland High here in the East Bay area, an Oakland kid who played four years at Weber State. And Brian, I guess not only is he a very good player, he's been moving up the draft charts in recent weeks, but he's also a guy that could fill a little bit of a need for the Trailblazers. Yes, absolutely. A point guard that uh, I think there are some people that feel he still has to prove himself a little bit uh, on a point guard basis on uh, on a pro level, but for what he did in college and uh, somebody that uh, has proven he can he can score and uh, seems to be somebody with a whole lot of potential to get even better than he's been, but a four-year college guy, a guy that uh, comes with uh, a lot of uh, high marks for what he did during his college career, but again, seems to be uh, making a lot of impressions. He was a guy that didn't have to do a lot, as a lot of prospects chose not to in Chicago, but uh, he said, I'm not running, I'm not hiding from anybody, I'll do whatever anybody wants me to do, because I believe in myself, and I'll prove my worth. So I think uh, that's the kind of stuff that teams uh, get impressed by, that's the kind of stuff that uh, certainly... uh, opens a lot of folks' eyes, and so I think uh, he has been moving up the ranks. Uh, there are some folks that felt he might uh, fall somewhere in the uh, back end of the lottery, but I think he has been moving up, and again, if uh, the Blazers, they could also go Andre Drummond here. A lot of people think that might be a direction, but I think there's just a lot of questions about his uh, his motor and how committed he is to, to really put the effort in to be a great NBA player seems to have a lot of the physical tools necessary to be a, a big man that could succeed on the pro level, but I don't think the Blazers can afford to take a chance on somebody that they aren't sure about, at least in terms of their commitment. And uh, little little is a guy that uh, there are no doubts about uh, his commitment, and again, I think he fills uh, a need as well. So if you can get a guy that's maybe the best player on the board at this point and also can fill a need, I think that's a win-win for the Blazers. So that's why I, I could see them maybe going that direction with uh, with the pick if the previous five play out as uh, they did in, in, in the draft that we're talking about. Brian Wheeler, uh, thank you for helping us mock the 2012 NBA draft. My pleasure, Tim. Great to talk with you as always. 
So the Bay Area represented in the 2012 NBA mock draft. Oakland's own Damian Lillard taken by the Portland Trailblazers with the number six pick. So now you know. It's up to the Golden State Warriors. They'll be selecting number seven in our NBA mock draft. And to help us with that, a former NBA player himself, he laced them up. Tom Tolbert will come by from KMBR to help us with our selection here in our 2012 NBA mock draft. I, Tim Roy, and you don't want to miss the Warriors pick right here at Warriors.com.